I'm Sarah Myerskoff and this is the Insurance Brokers Podcast where we're talking to the personalities and the businesses that sit behind our industry. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform. Good afternoon, Sally. I cannot believe that I'm here talking to the Sally Gunnell. Thank you for joining me on the Insurance Brokers Podcast today. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting us. So I don't think you need an introduction because I think everybody listening will know exactly who you are. But I wonder if you can give me one anyway. Tell me, who is Sally Gunnell? Gosh, where do I start? What can I remember? Um, I guess sporting wise, yeah, still the only woman to hold all four major titles. I've got to remember them all. Olympics, World, Commonwealth and Europeans. Um, now very much involved in the health and well-being uh, business just as an advocate and just realizing that you know there's so much from athletics uh, life that you know helps and supports me and that I pass on to lots of other people through sort of talks and, and through the well-being as well so yeah and actually that's where we first met was at the Women in Insurance Awards and I heard you speak and I was I was blown away by the positivity and the lessons that can be learned from somebody who's been as successful as you and that's really what I was hoping to talk about today because as you say the only woman to hold all four of those titles there's there's some something really special here so I wonder if you can talk to me, I suppose, to start with about your passion for health and well-being and what you do, because I know you go into businesses and you talk and you help those businesses support the health and well-being element of their employee base. I do very much so, and I think it sort of stemmed from, you know, a lot of the talks that I was doing in organisations is around high performance, but so much of it as well is around being the best version that you can be, and how do we do that how do we build that resilience to to deal with all those setbacks and things that get thrown at us and how do we keep delivering time and time again and that is no difference to what I had to learn on that sports field um, and I met some amazing people that were part of my team around the psychologist and the physiologist and nutritionist and all these sorts of things and it, and it was about asking for help it was about um, you know, using that help to be the best version that you can be. So a lot of what I talk around and around that well-being piece is just about, you know, giving people that information because, you know, the thing that I found is that, you know, I wasn't the most confident of people and there's so many people I come up to and they go, God, that's exactly me. And, you know, and it's something that I had to learn. Um, and and it's, it's nice to be able to pass that on as, as, as we go, really. And just, there's just so much synergy, really. And a lot of it is just looking at those little tiny elements that seem so insignificant around, you know, food or sleep or exercise. But it all adds up to that bigger picture of how we deal with life and, and deliver to what we're all capable of being able to do. Do you know, I think that's really interesting because... The confidence piece, I think, is, um, I would say, probably a bigger problem in a lot of women when you think about imposter syndrome yeah. than perhaps it is in men. Imposter syndrome is certainly something that I deal with on a daily basis in, you know, in my own head. And I walk the dog every morning and I often have this conversation that goes round and round and round. How 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 do you deal with that how did you deal with that saying you weren't a very confident person in the beginning what what were the strategies that you put in place around that kind of negative self-talk 
Yeah, I mean, I always say it was it was the last part of the jigsaw. It was the difference before between being okay at what I did and, and actually excelling it was around, you know, self belief, believe in your own ability, that whole power of visualization and just mental strength and. I think it was about, you know, and I often used to say when I was running, you know, there wasn't a lot between all of us in that final uh, when it came to technical side of it or strength or speed, but the, the, the mental side was massive and that's what allowed me to win on those, you know, four major championships really. Um, and that was, that was about learning, that was about learning how to, um, yeah, how to visualise, how to see what it is you want to achieve, how to put that into place around you know just finding five minutes each day to be able to do that how to shut that inner voice up which we all have and you know it's always massive and especially when the pressure's really on um and it was a bit like yeah how do you control that sort of inner voice and and there are all sort of techniques that I have I've taken into my life now you know I still sometimes think oh can I really do this and then it's like come on you know you know you put the work in you know, visualize yourself, I don't know, it could be anything, you know, climbing a mountain, it could be a presentation, it could be standing on stage, but actually taking your off, yourself off and seeing yourself, delivering it, feeling confident, knowing your skill, knowing what you're talking about is part of it, and then just practicing it in your mind time and time again. And then shutting that inner voice up that goes, I know, but what happens if I forget that line? Or what happens if I trip over? Or what happens if someone falls asleep? You know, and it's all those sorts of things. And if you start thinking about those negative thoughts, and that is what's going to happen. And it's almost like you go, no, you know, I want to visualize me. You know, I know the content, you know, de delivering it. And yes, it happens, things happen, but don't. You know, don't go off stage, just be yourself and how you correct it, how you get back into it. It's all of those sorts of things. So did you do quite a lot of visualisation prior to uh, D-Day in 1992? Yeah, I did. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, literally 12 months every day beforehand. And the last few months was just probably, yeah, 20 times a day. And people often say, wasn't that a little bit overload? Um but, you know, it didn't take long. Sometimes it was only literally like five minutes. But it was just, you know, and you have to work out what the execution is and how you're going to deliver it. Um, you know, and what do I mean by that? You can't just visualize the end piece. You have to work out what the process is and how that's going to go and how you pick yourself up. If it's you hit a hurdle or it rains or, you know, you miss a deadline or someone doesn't do a piece of work that you need to do. You know, you have to have that sort of process and then it's about do you know what you deliver it you do a great performance you've got that piece of work you've nailed the deal or whatever it may be and then it's about visualizing what that would feel like to do that and how you know the thing that I've done now is much more around how do you celebrate don't just stop there but how do you make that part of your life as well I like this idea of so so my natural go-to would be to visualize perfect, right? So I visualize the end goal and the perfect steps to it. And, and I like what you've just said there about visualizing falling off those steps, those steps not being perfect, and yeah. how you still end up at, at, at the end goal. I think that's really interesting yeah, because so many people can of, get set back. Yeah, and that's that piece about resilience because it's resilience is, to me is like because nothing's ever 
plain sailing. There's always something that gets thrown at you. And that's how you learn. And that's where the resilience piece is like, you know, you've got the armour around you that helps you to put it behind you, find a positive, pick yourself up and move on and that you're not still dwelling on it. Um, and, and, you know, and that is part of that visualisation piece as well. It's like, well, how do I deal with those setbacks? How, what do I put in place? What could they be? You know, it's almost like preparing yourself for situations that you just automatically know you've got, you've got your other plan, you know, it's here and then you get back onto your A plan. It's, it's like, boom, boom, off we go again. And I think what I had done before I'd met that mental sort of preparation is that something like that would happen and then that was it. I'd throw it away and just think, well, that's it. That's the end of, rather than learning from it, making sure it may not happen again, um, making a, a positive out of it and then getting back onto tracks. And, you know, and I always say that we would never excel and do what we do in life unless we've been through some of those, those situations. How how do you deal with it? I don't know if you've got any any examples. There there are certain things in life that you can foresee and therefore plan for, and then there are things that come in sideways and knock you flat. When I'm thinking specifically personally about um, earlier in this year, I had I had the stroke, knocked me flat, didn't see it coming, completely sideways uh, move, and has had a very significant impact, not all positive, on a lot of different areas of my life. Yeah. So, and, I, and I do quite a lot of, um, not visualisation, but I think I might try it, but of, of, of reframing. So I'll often have a little conversation with myself and I reframe things, or what, what's the positive that's come out of it. Yeah. And sometimes it's lip service because I can't feel it. Yeah. How, have you had something like that? How did you, how did you move past? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, that's, you know, what you've been through is very, very tough, isn't it? Uh, and I think it's whatever we're going through, um, you know, and that is really tough. But it is the thing that I have learned is that you have to find something has to come out of it. And it might you might not recognize it yet. And it might be a long term thing. And, you know, maybe, you know, it, it, it's just a positive way of thinking. Because if you just kept thinking, why does everything go wrong with me? Why is this always happens to me? It's such a negative downfall. And even if, you know, and I think it's just a psyche thing that I'd sort of put in that, do you know what? This has happened. It's going to happen. And I've got to find the positive and I've got to move on. And maybe it doesn't, but maybe it's just that it's having that positive outlook. Because if not, we would all be completely, you know, down on the ground and, and not being able to, to find it. And I think in some in some respects, you know, you can't change things overnight. And I think that's the thing, you know, sometimes I always think, you know, I drive my friends mad or because, you know, they will chat about something and I want, I'm a bit of a fix it. And, and you can't fix everything straight away. And I think sport has taught me that. And what I've got to learn is that you can't fix things overnight. Um, things take time and sometimes I have to go, whoa, okay, step back a bit here. You know, you can't fix everybody's issues. You can't do everything, but you can help and support and, and, and it might take a little bit longer. And that's all I would say to you is that, you know, you've got to stay positive. Something good will come out of this and it might not be happening now, but you will be a better person from it and you'll understand yourself more. And I think you have to have that sort of mindset and hang on to that just for your own sanity as well 
One of the things I like, I like what you've just said, and it's made me think that what what we're talking about goes back to imposter syndrome and self-belief. If you if you can like yourself and trust yourself enough to let the process be, this is a really shit situation. But there is a positive and I will find it and I don't have to find it now and I don't have to do all of this extracurricular stuff in order to solve. It's just something's happened. Where's the, the silver lining coming out of it? And I quite like that idea, actually. Yeah, I think it just takes time. I don't think we can fix everything straight away. And also, I think, you know, I think I think as a nation, I think we're very quick to always put ourselves down. And, you know, this horrible things you know what you've been through is really really tough um but we've either got to go we've got to pick ourselves up you know we don't know what next year is going to happen around the corner and you could look back and go nine times out we go gosh you know that was an awful situation i had for the whole year but do you know what i'm in a better place now and that's what you've got to hang on to you know because so often i think you know when i had I don't know, injuries or disappointments or lost races or whatever else. And Bruce, my coach, used to say to me, do you know, it doesn't matter what happens now. Don't ever lose sight of where you want to be in three years' time. And I think that's what you've got to. You've got to do those small steps to get you over the little situation and to stay alive. But sometimes it's just having that little image up there three years down the line or whatever else it may be, two years, which seems ages, but it's... It's important to have that and that just gets you through the, the next sort of days and that's how I used to deal with you know injuries it was just taking each day at a time very very small steps mm. of achievement and confidence to build up to where you needed to be so I wonder what you think about this right so one of the things that I'd like to talk about and you've mentioned is goal setting um, so in my worst moments this year I have I've done goal setting, but on a really minuscule level. Yep. So I have a whiteboard and I put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and the four things I have to achieve. I have to walk the dog for an hour. Yep. I have to do 100 squats. I have to drink two litres of water and I have to do between three and five actions in my business that will move it forward. And if I spend the rest of the day in bed, that is OK. But yep. those are the four things I have to achieve. So yep. I, I'm interested in your thoughts around goal setting, both big and small and how they can uh, and I, I mean, a lot of people listening to this will are, uh, you know, business owners, directors, uh, uh, account execs, account handlers that, that have targets and, and you know, uh, ambitions in their career life. So, and I think I think it's the yeah. same, whether it's, you know, and I, I'm and just I interested to your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's really important to have those ambitions because I often see so many people that haven't got a meaning to a purpose to their day and they are literally just rocking up and they don't really know the direction or what they're doing they're just sitting down and I think that doesn't give you energy for life that doesn't give you that fulfillment that is not what who you are as a person so I think that whole thing of knowing what you want to achieve however big however small it is 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 a massive motivator especially for me it's um you know, I think it was something I was taught from a very young age, 14, like, you know, when, when, you know, as part of the coaching, you know, being coached was about thinking on your feet. It was about what do you want out of this training session? So I think it's been part of my life for years. And, um, you know, the day I retired was like, what now? And, and, you know, yes, when I was younger, I had that dream goal of being an Olympic champion. But 
now I don't have massive like one I have lots of little ones and some of them are really insignificant I think when I retired it was like god you know I can do some dangerous sports you know what I mean I can go skiing I can go go-karting and that is a that's a vision that's a something in your head and something that I really wanted to do and that's fine so I think it is the thing that you know does get me out of bed every morning and I am a little bit of a list person and I think that's so right of what you're doing there um and I think sometimes it's not doing too many on that list because I think that's where we have that overload um and it needs to be achievable goals I think that's really important and some of them might not might be very insignificant to others but it's it's meaning to yourself and sometimes you don't have to have them every day you reach sort of I don't, you get into your 50s and you're like, whoa, hang on a minute, you know, what's going on? People are getting a little bit ill and, you, you know, you start thinking about all those things. So, you know, we've just started at, you know, 50 plus thinking, well, what does the next 30 years? Why do I have to be thinking about retirement? But I want to do things that I'm really interested in and I want to still learn new things. So, you know, we're starting to plan what the next 30 years is going to look like. And I think that's just a you know, it's a it's a positive mindset, uh, and I think that is what helps more than anything. It's like you're not giving up. You know, you're not just rocking up every morning and going, "What's this all about?" You're putting little things in place, and, and I think what it does to me is it just it is about confidence. It's about um, development. It's just about again going back to just being happy within yourself. More, you know, you don't want any more than that. You've just um, just talking about you know what the next thirty years look like uh, through twenty twenty two. You've been doing a sort of uh, I'm not sure what to call it, but like a a, a process or, or, or um, about optimizing your age. Can you tell me a bit about what that is? Because I think it sounds fabulous. Yeah, well, I think that's sort of come through. You know, reaching fifty, as you say, and, and you know, and we're very lucky, John and my husband and I have still got our parents around, and they're sort of in their eighties and nineties. Um, and they're doing really well. And, and But I sort of think, you know, we are in a, a generation now where medicine is so good that we are going to be able to live longer. But we all want, the, the you know, good quality of life. We don't want to be sitting in a care home for 20 years and, you know, uh, and, you know, not be functioning. We don't want to be falling over. We don't want to. So I think it's about, you know, I think something with sports for me is all about prevention. It's about what can we do, what can we put in place. So optimise your age is about, right, what can we start doing now in our, you know, sometimes 40s and, and 50s and 60s that are going to allow us to still be able to have, a, you know, an informative conversation when we're in our 80s and 90s, still be able to walk down the road and, you know, and we haven't lost our muscle strength and our balance and what exercises are. and I must admit my exercises and what I eat um, yeah lots of things have changed since I've sort of you know hit our 50s because I can't do what I used to do so I'm coming to terms with that just physically um, but there's new things that I need to do you know it's like you know I've changed my exercise to much more strength based and still cardio you know still doing my bike rides and my walks more and run a bit and stuff but I've just changed and how we adapt and it just fascinates me there's so much knowledge out there about you know what happens to the body as we age and what we can do and, and that's what where I'm on really trying to try to sort of share that information so um does yoga feature in that? Mm. 
Pilates more, but I do like my yoga. So yoga much more in the, in the summer. I'll go and outside somewhere and just find a little space. It has to be done outside, and I don't know quite why. Um, Pilates I do much more through the winter on the on my reformer. But that is to me that is my downtime. It's my thinking time. It's yeah, it's my mobility. Um, that's where I where that fits into my life and it's quite a yeah it's quite a personal holistic sort of view in it those sorts of things that's my yeah my downtime I call it I love it what about from a nutritional perspective uh in terms of anything you've changed yeah I mean I've I've, I've um I think the thing that's fascinating me more at the moment is around gut health and and you know how I can sometimes feel really bloated and things like that. So I've tried to sort of shorten my eating window down. There's quite a lot about intermittent fasting and, you know, and I'll probably won't have something till about 10, 11 in the morning and then try and finish my evening meal at about seven at the latest. And, and it just gives your body time to recover, repair, digest, and it just helps my sort of gut health. And I always start in the morning much more with a you know, like a, a smoothie, make sure I've got my, you know, prebiotics and all those sort of things, fruit and vegetables, and I've just sort of make a nice healthy smoothie just to kick off the day. And I think it just, I don't know, it just helps and supports me and, and another positive thing to try and think, well, okay, I put all the, the goodness in my body at the beginning of the day, and, and now I can just get on and do what I need to do. And, and nutrition for me is much more about energy and being able to deal with you know, gain day to day, but I, you know, I have good days and bad days. You know, weekends are usually off, and you know, I'd still have a bottle of wine with friends and eat takeaways and stuff. But it's it's knowing that I can't do that all the time. So it's um, and that has changed. I think I used to be able to eat what I wanted to eat without putting any weight on, but can't do that anymore. So I've had to adjust and change and understand, and still learning, still on the process of what does that look like and I think you know now they're saying nutrition is a very individual thing and what works for you and and for other people I think gut health is something I'm quite interested in uh, it's especially how gut health affects mood and mindset yeah um they call it your third brain or second brain don't they yeah. your yeah. gut uh I think it's really uh really important and one of the lessons that I have learned this year it, uh, no, let me rephrase that. One of the lessons I am learning this year, <laughs> repeatedly, um, is is about how um, how those actions you do, the small actions, what you eat, just being outside for 45 minutes with the dog. I can't run at the moment. I'm a slow runner. I've never been very fast. Um, but um, I, I, yeah, I've run a few marathons and, and things like that. I can't even run a mile at the moment without something breaking. Um, but so walking, so walking yep. is fine. Brilliant. And it's, it's the food, the sleep, the water. I probably do drink too much wine, but as long as I make sure I drink my two to three yeah. litres of water a day, there's a check. So I'm, I'm so interested in how all of those things affect business performance so Boston Tullis is mine what do I do where do I take it what's my, my my goal and sometimes in my worst moments where I'm not doing those basic things I have a lot less energy to do yeah. the things I need to do and I'm, I'm fascinated by that yeah I think people sort of say to me oh I feel so tired in the afternoon and you know and then you know you chat and you break it down and I think what people aren't doing is connecting all those little things so 
often you're tired in the afternoon is because you've had a big dodgy lunch, do you know, with too many carbohydrates rather than proteins or, um, you know, fruit and veg and that sort of thing. Um, how many people don't realise that, you know, sleep is so important to, you know, recovery, mental health, um, being proactive, all of those things. And you, and you sort of say, well, I don't sleep very well. Fine, you know, lots of us don't sleep very well, but we've got to find ways of how can we improve that. So just rather than accepting things almost, I think it's about, okay, well, I will eat a little bit earlier, so I'm not still digesting my food at night time, uh, which is often, you know, one of the reasons. I'm going to get off my screens, you know, I'm not going to be looking at the emails or social media at 10 o'clock at night because that doesn't help. So I think it's just linking all of those little things and actually people go, oh, okay, well, I, you know, I am, I feel so much happier, so much more productive and, um, you know, I can deal with somebody criticising me or, you know, or a really heavy piece of work I've got to really think about because I've looked at all of those things and, and, and I know we're all of us, you know, we might have had a bad weekend, you know, and today, you know, I've overdone it over the weekend. Uh, not feeling brilliant and that's fine and accepting it but it's now you know for the next few days I go right okay knuckle down and it's just realizing you can't do that all the time and you are in control and again it's it's learning it's finding that information to fuel you and the focus and the reason that you want to fuel you I think that's really important for me and I'm, I'm hearing that a lot from you so I'm I'm feeling positive about myself thank you oh. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you you've mentioned walking and um what the next 30 years look like you and it's John your husband yeah. Yeah. You and John have just done the big climb. Tell me about your big climb you've done. Oh, we did, because it's quite scary that it's 30 years since I won in Barcelona, that Olympic gold medal. So we wanted to sort of celebrate the whole sort of year. This was this year now. Um, and we decided to go back to one of the charities that we were involved in 30 years ago, which was the Ball Free Foundation um, for Conservation of Animals Welfare. And we decided, well, they were doing a walk up Mount Kenya, um, so we thought oh, we've never done that, you know, we've done running things, we've done biking, and, but we've never done an actual walk. Um, and I just find personally, it, it makes me focus, it gets me out, it gets me active. So I try and do something every year. It's not always going to be as big as this, don't you worry. Um, and, you know, and it just gets you doing a little training program for sort of three or four months before. And, you know, I got a couple of friends involved and, you know, good, good feel, good positive feel around it. But, you know, it was so hard. I couldn't believe. And everyone was like, what? And I think it was, I think it was taking myself out of a massive comfort zone, you know, sleeping in, in huts with 14 of you with one toilet and people snoring and you know eating the basic foods and um yeah you know 12 hours of walking a day and you know sheer drops as we we're climbing up and it was like not what i'd expected um and it wasn't until i came down that you start to appreciate what you've done um and to think about who you are as a person because i you know i, I, I sort of had to pick myself up and I had to help John who was freaking out a little bit my husband and it was you know it just reminded me of what your strengths are and what you are capable of doing and I think sometimes we forget that we, we forget who we are what we're about 
Um, and I think that was one of the, the biggest positive things out of it. And it's not something I want to do and scare myself every time, but I think sometimes you just have to be reminded of who you are personally yourself and what your own strengths are. And being out of your comfort zone and, 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 and normal uh, environment uh, is it's a good way to do that. Yeah. What's What's your 2023 challenge have you decided on it yet oh, we haven't done yet um we're we're sort of thinking about it I, I haven't quite got my head around it it was a you know it was a big um fundraising event so it, you know in your mind you go gosh how many times can you ask people for fundraising and things like that so we're just we're just looking it might not be something but i think the thing that i've learned is i need to you know, I'm looking at a lot at the moment about, you know, brain stimulation. And it, and sometimes it's not about always being good at everything. It's always about sometimes trying things that you aren't so good at and taking yourself out of that comfort zone um, and then working out how to be a little bit better. So I think that's sort of where I'm going with with, with something. I'm not quite sure what it may be because someone said to me that, you know, you can get very good at Sudoku, but that stops your brain health because you, you're very good at it. So you've got to start doing something else that you go, oh, God, this is horrible feeling. And, you know, maybe it'd be knitting. Who knows? But, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be massive, does it? That's the thing. But I think it feels, you know, just to challenge yourself in, in something. I can highly recommend yes. trying to make a life-size nutcracker out of things you have already in the house it was very challenging it was very fun wow uh, and ned is nearly six foot tall and it will be a permanent feature in my christmas household <laughs> there you go i like it oh, that's oh absolutely um sally if you have three top tips to give about i'm not i'm not going to say I, i'm going to say about optimizing your um well-being and productivity that's what i'm going to say so your top three tips for optimize optimizing your well-being and productivity what would they be um i think one is to do some form of exercise you know um we have free endorphins when we get the you know the blood pressure up a heart pumping um, and what that can do to your brain and I think it's about tapping into that and finding what that is and that might be a brisk walk that might be walking up some stairs but I think I think it, anybody can needs to be or everybody needs to be active and can be active whatever ability whatever shape you are it's just finding something that you can physically do and I think that is um, a very strong piece for your mental well-being and, and optimizing your age um, I think, secondly, I think it is about mobility. So I think that whole piece around, um, yeah, you know, just being able to get up and down out of your chairs. You know, so often people are struggling because they haven't got strength or mobility in their thighs. So just keeping that, that leg strength, uh, that mobility, doing some stretching, balancing on one leg. You know, a few raises as you're putting your kettle on in the morning. Simple little things, you know, a few squats. doesn't have to be massive. That would be good. If you could just do five exercises every morning while you're waiting for the kettle. Brilliant. Um, and thirdly, I think it has to be having that positive mindset. And, you know, I come across people that they put themselves down all the time. The glass is half empty. Um, and 
again, you know, this is free up here. And I think it's learning to tap into it and, and not beating yourself up and having that positive mindset. And, you know, what you are capable of, of, of being able to achieve is just massive. Um, I really uh, resonate, particularly with the last thing, because some of the work that I've been doing on myself this year is about um, learning to be kind to yourself, which I think is very, very interlinked to being able to have a positive mindset. Uh, so that really resonates with me. And I am going to add to my board five exercises for me to do every morning, mobility exercises, because I'm 39 and I get out of bed in the morning and I look like I'm 99 because I'm like, <laughs> oh, my back, my knees, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I'm going to take away from this. Brilliant. I'm really, really grateful for your time. And anybody listening, I hope you've got a lot out of listening to Sally. If, if Sally, if you're happy, I'll put your website and details in the bottom. So anybody listening that, um, that um, you know, wants to, to have a conversation with you, either for their business or, 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 or events, then, then that'd be great. And I just want to say thank you. And I'm so excited. I've told everybody, I'm interviewing Sally Gunnell today. Um, and everybody's like, oh my God. So I'm so excited and I'm very grateful. Thank you. Brilliant. And can I just say, I'm really excited at the moment. We're working um, alongside a company called White Calm and we're doing lots of fireside chats about, you know, all sorts of different issues from, you know, skin aging to bones and health and menopause and all sorts of different things. I'm really excited talking to the um, professionals on that. And also we're going to be doing some exercises with them as well. So, yeah, so check us out. White Calm. I will put the link in the show notes to this episode. So if you want to check this out, and I highly recommend you do, I will be. The notes will be, uh, the, the link will be in the show notes so we can we can all follow Brilliant. that. So thank you. Yeah, there's a platform and an app with it. So it's, yeah, it's very achievable and, and access is so easy for everybody. So yeah, fab. Fabulous. It's in the show notes, people. Thank you very much for your time, Sally. Thank Lovely. you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Brokers Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform and check us out on YouTube.